Caustic Soda is made possible in part by the Howard P. Lovecraft Foundation, the Corporation for Morbid Podcasting, and listeners like you. Your mom called. She wants you to go to causticsodapodcast.com slash support and pick up a handsome Caustic Soda t-shirt for the weekend. Oh, and she also wants you to donate all of your money to the Caustic Soda Podcast hosts. Hey, would I lie to you? High fructose corn syrup. World of Warcraft. It's the perfect fat storm. I'm Torrin Atkinson. I was gonna make an intro or something, but whatever. I'm Joe Fulgham. Put your feet up, don't move an inch. Today, we're on the caustic sofa. I'm Kevin Leeson. I've done my research for sloth. Now, sloths are six species of arboreal mammals in the rainforests of Central and South America. Uh, they can move on the ground. The maximum speed is two meters or 6.5 feet per minute. 6.5 feet per minute, Kevin. That's not very fast. And if they're in immediate danger, they can move up to 13 feet per minute for the three-toed sloth. Because as you know, there's three-toed and two-toed sloth. That extra oh, toe. Well, of course. That extra toe does more than just add 33%. So are these animals, they're, they're what they're talking about with the deadly sins? Yes, it's a sin to be a sloth. Oh, I guess we should mention that. This is part three of our seven-part series. On the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Yep. Number three, sloths. Now, another interesting fact about (laughs) sloths. When hanging upside down on a tree, they're held in place by the claws themselves and often do not fall down even when shot. So it's a big problem for poachers. What a pain. Oh, I'm giving up being a poacher. A sloth poacher. Don't make me climb a tree to have to hack his claws what, off. What do you poach sloths for? I don't see Neat. sloth steaks in the, the the grocery store. You've never had a sloth coat? Sloth I've, fur coat? I've never worn a sloth all coat. All covered with the lichen or a mold? Because yeah. Well, can, if you think about it. Have you seen them? They're green. They're quite often green. That's because they move so slowly that they get vegetation growing in their, <laughs> in their fur. coats. Yeah. Well, you'd think that their flesh would be very tender, much like veal, because they don't really move. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Delicious There's no sloth. such thing as tough sloth meat. Unless you're a ground sloth, oh, the yeah. megatherium from 30 million years ago. No wonder they're extinct. Uh, with more than five tons of weight, six meters in length, and able to reach as high as 17 feet. Well, six meters means they're 18 feet long. It was taller than an African bull, bush elephant bull. When it stood on its hind legs, it was about 20 feet tall, twice the height of an elephant. Wow. And I'm guessing... The, That's a big sloth. I'm guessing yeah. the reason that it's extinct is because it wasn't exactly, uh, couldn't exactly run away from its predators. It probably couldn't even run away from the glaciers. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thanks. And the word origin for sloth comes from slow, uh, Old English slowed. Slowdy, slow, tardiness, slowness. I'm guessing indolence, you, sluggishness. I'm, I'm guessing you mispronounced that terribly. Well, I'm not uh, <laughs> well versed in old English, really. Is there a world? I don't want to jump ahead, but I got to ask this question now because it's in my head. Is there a World Wildlife Federation of Justice sloth? No, because you could make one called Sloth, S L O W T H, and he has powers to slow everybody else down. Mm. T M, I T M'd it. It's mine now. No, but Shit. you oh. missed the boat on that one. Damn it. Uh, there's not really a fear of sloths, as far as I could find. <laughs> but the fear of failure as is atychophobia or atychophobia. Does that count? Probably atychophobia. Failure? Uh, failure? I think so. Yeah, sure. If it makes you do, if you, if the fear of failure makes you do nothing. Or the or fear would, of doing nothing. Or would there be a fear of idleness? With the fear of idle people. Thasophobia is the fear of being idle. 
There Eric Idle. <laughs> yes, being Eric Idle. There you go. Thasophobia. T h a a s o phobia. The fear okay. of being idle. That's all I could find on slots. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's, that, that's good because that's not been, actually the topic, is it? What? I, I guess when we're talking about the seventh deadly sin, we're talking about we're talking about being idle. Yeah, being laziness, idle, right? laziness, oh, sluggishness, yes. uh-huh. indolence. Well, in that case, in Dante's Purgatory, he portrayed the penance for acedia, which is laziness. As running continuously at top speed. Oh man! All right, that would be hell I don't for like anybody that. who. Uh... <laughs> I don't like that at all. I'm gonna have to stop being lazy. Do you know which demon was the chief demon of uh, oh. sloth, according to Peter Binsfield's classification of demons? I was uh, gonna guess Beelzebub, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. He as, was Lord of the Flies, wasn't he? Asmodeus. Belphegor. Oh, Belphegor. I like that. Not it's one that name. I know. I one. love those demon names. Yeah. yeah. Like they they all make sense as names, but they're not like names anybody ever has. Yeah. I'm gonna totally. name my firstborn son Belphegor. Or yeah, how about your next cat? No. What else do we know about uh, laziness? What don't we know Sloth. about laziness? Look at the three well, of us. In preparation for this uh, show, I did no research. Oh, okay, good. Whatsoever. Because that's what I'm supposed that's, to do, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, a spirit. I did the exact opposite. In preparation for this show, I drank three energy drinks, and I'm kind of spinning <laughs> right now. <laughs> I thought it'd be a funny counterpoint to does, the topic Does matter. drinking energy drinks really count as doing anything? Well, of course, there's an apathy em- epidemic, you might say, these days. It's just so easy to get caught up on, uh, you know, on your Facebook and Twitter accounts. Apathy, uh, also called impassivity or perfunctoriness. Perfunctoriness. That's way too many syllables, man. Yeah, no too kidding. lazy to pout. Yeah. <laughs> too <laughs> lazy word. to say it. Is a state of indifference or the suppression of emotions such as concern, excitement, motivation, and passion. An apathetic individual has an absence of interest in or concern about emotional, social, or physical life. You read lots of articles about like interpersonal human interactions in the modern world, and they talk about how people are finding it easier to interact with other people online as opposed to face to face, right? Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier to be let down your inhibitions and, mm-hmm. and be sort of open or just engaging other yeah. people. It without... gives you it gives you a mask to wear. Yeah, absolutely. The, fa- the famous New Yorker uh, cartoon or comic uh, on the internet: nobody knows you're a dog. Yeah, and it's an actual dog using a computer. Yeah, it's damaging sort of long term relationships this way because people are are having a hard time connecting, or when mm. they they you know hang out with another person for a long enough period of time and they end up you know, uh, having what they feel like are more substantive relationships online, then they, they kind of check out, right? They're actually doing, doing less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing less and, and uh, you know, feel like they're getting more, right? I think that the, as technology becomes more uh, everywhere and complicated and people know less about the world around them than they, or how it works at least, they probably, this is my own personal opinion, I haven't done any studies. I was about to say... <laughs> Are you going to write your doctoral thesis on this on their turn? The less that I understand about the world, the less involved I get in it, I guess. Is that true? I don't know what you mean by that. Explain. All right. I'll explain. <laughs> There's so much going on around you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like living in a small town. I watched a show on, uh, they did a study on a small town versus a big city. They took a guy, an actor, mm-hmm. put him in the middle of the street. Oh, right. And had him lying down. In a fetal position, mm-hmm. immediately someone came out of came out of a store or whatever, and right in the, sm- on, in the small in town. the small town. Yeah, okay. Do the same thing in the city. People walk by. People walk by. It's just like, oh, it's a homeless guy. I think that kind of speaks to that old quote that's attributed to Stalin. I think, but there's no evidence for it. One death is a tragedy, and a million is a statistic. Right. Same, right. Same kind of idea. Yeah. The more things you have to deal with in your life, the more hectic life gets. 
Yeah, I mean, the I, more I, apathetic you get. Yeah, I mean, I remember Psychology 101 and how, like, mob mentality, they did a million mm-hmm. studies about when everybody thinks that somebody else is going to take care of it. And when you're in a place where you have a high population density, everybody automatically assumes that somebody else somebody is going to take will, it. Yeah. Whereas when you're in a small town, everybody sort of assumes that a problem on their doorstep is their own problem. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I know that there's decades worth of psychology, uh, psychological studies to support right. this theory. Now, as for social uh, encounters and, and social interactivity in the internet, uh, I have to say I've kind of experienced the opposite. Um, I do have a lot of online friends. Uh, being a web designer, I'm on a computer all the time, and I've always got Facebook open and stuff like that. But the people that I, d- I don't really know in real life, to me, are just acquaintances. But I do have a lot of close friends that I know in real life. And, like, uh, the number one use I have uh, or useful use that I have for Facebook is the events calendar. Mm. And yeah. it lets us go, hey, uh, let's all get together and do this. And everybody knows when it is and everybody knows where it is. And we all get together. And those actual meetups are just way better. And I, I probably wouldn't be able to get to them. Like, it's much harder to organize back in the day when all you had was a phone. Yeah. You know, let's phone, phone Bob and see if he can make it Saturday. Oh, he thinks we should do it earlier on Saturday. And there's all those pain in the ass problems of actually getting a social event going. But now I just make an event on Facebook and I see who can make it and who maybe can make it and who isn't going to come. Yeah. But if you weren't so slothful, you would go ahead and phone those people. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because that's where laziness comes in because, you know, before you had Facebook and before you even had cell phones or whatever, people would just leave people messages. You would have to dial that rotary phone. (laughs) And you wouldn't want to call... You wouldn't want to call that person with a with a f and zero in their number because you have to wait for forever. Well, you know what it comes down to. It comes down to is uh, is technology making our lives more convenient or is it just making us more lazy and robotic and robotic. I gotta say less. I'm more social now that it's it's easy. Maybe I'm lazier about it. Yeah. Because I have to do less work, but I have to do less work to actually interact with people in the, in well, the real world. Maybe the question is, are we a lazy generation and we're creating the technology to match our laziness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, Good I mean, uh, take the 70s or the 60s before you even had answering machines. And mm-hmm. like literally people would just call and call and call until they got you. Or they would get a person or you would have a message service where some lady would pick up and go, leave mm-hmm. a message for this person and they would know where you were and chase you down. And people just acted differently. Like yeah. it's not that it's it was harder to get together or put these things t- together. Part of their daily process, something that they would have to do is to stay in touch. And now do we things. now we call up the customer service line and we have to say yes, no to a robot. <laughs> How much actual social activity did they do back in, let's say, the sixties? Oh, um, they were always getting together and yeah, getting I mean, high. If I believe that movies having... and television, which of course is the only way that I guide my life, right? You know, uh, having yeah. orgies. People were having key parties every other day, right? <laughs> Every time you came home, somebody served you up a cocktail immediately. That's right. And you well, were swinging I, I casually in tight pants. I was uh, I was a kid in the 70s, and, and even though my, my dad was in the military, uh, which made it easier for him to socially interact with the people he worked with and was friends with because they all lived uh, you know, in the, uh, the PMQs, the private uh, married quarters on the base, and you know they had the bulletin boards and all that stuff, they still didn't really go out and get together with their friends all that often. They were just at home all the time. And it was it was very rare that they would like head out and be social. Granted, that's because they, you ruined their lives. It was mm-hmm. because I ruined yeah. their lives. You're the firstborn, were you? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> In another aspect of apathy, apathy has been felt after witnessing horrific acts such as the killing or maiming of people during a war. Oh, it is yeah. also known to be associated with many conditions, some of which are depression, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, 
uh, general fatigue, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and excessive vitamin D. Excessive vitamin D? Yeah. Oh, wow. From witnessing they traumatic events. They make you apathetic. Events. They make you apathetic, really. Wow. Well, and vitamin D, uh, you get mostly from sunlight, oh. I believe. Yeah, okay. That's why you just processes. get more and more lazy as you stay out in the sun. Well, that makes sense. And some uh, now, now all of a sudden, cats make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Some medications and the heavy use of drugs such as heroin may bring apathy as a side effect. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. Avolition. You guys heard of this word, avolition? Avolition. No. Uh, you know what volition no. means? They're doing something of your own volition. And then avolition. It's the opposite of that. A psychological state characterized by general lack of desire, drive, or motivation to pursue meaningful goals. Oh, I have that. It is commonly seen in patients with schizophrenia and is one of the four main negative symptoms of that that disorder. Now, why did you air quote negative symptoms? (laughs) Because Torn thinks that being apathetic is just fine. (laughs) One of the negative symptoms... It is often, it is sometimes mistaken for simple disinterest or anhedonia, which is one of my favorite fonts, by the way, <laughs> but is distinct. What's anhedonia? Uh, that it's, I don't, it's a font. It, it sounds like, <laughs> anhedonia sounds like uh, the lack of pleasure, because hedonia oh, would be hedonism, yeah. and an would be... Uh, you take no pleasure in anything, kind yeah, of Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't have that. You pleasure yourself all the time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Literally, abolition means poverty of movement. You know, Whereas abulia is poverty of motivation. I had, to, I think I've actually spoken about this on the podcast before. Uh, my neighbor had bed bugs, and uh, I had to have one of the bed bug exterminators come over just to make sure I hadn't got that bleed over bed bug right. infestation. Yeah. And the first place he went to check was my couch. And he's saying, We're finding that so many more people are spending time on their couch and in their computer chairs that we're finding the population of bed bugs is moving out of people's beds. And into their couches and onto their computer chairs. So they're renaming them computer chair bugs. <laughs> it's coming. It's official. It's, yeah, we called it here for TM. I TM'd it. It's mine. I did it first, dibs. So abulia, as I was saying, in neurology refers to a lack of will or initiative and is one of the disorders of diminished motivation or DDM. Okay. Abulia falls in the middle of the spectrum of diminished motivation with apathy being less extreme and akinetic mutism being more extreme. Akinetic mutism. I can mutism. figure out what that means. Uh, so akinetic mutism, I think we can pretty much figure that out. Like kinetic, again, being movement. Mm-hmm. And akinetic meaning not, the opposite of none movement. of that. And then mutism, I guess, means uh, not even speaking. Mm. So is that just lying there, not moving and not speaking? I guess so. All right. Abulia. I used to call that catatonia. It is also known as Bloch's disease. B-L-O-C-Q. B-L-O-C-Q. Look that up. All right. Bloch's disease. I want to find out who this Bloch guy was and what he didn't do. <laughs> To get this disease named after him. <laughs> it's named after Paul Oscar Bloch, a French physician. There you go. Paul Oscar Bloch. He's a French pathologist who's remembered for his neuropathological work done with Jean-Martin Charcot. In Paris. And Georges Martinescu at the Salpetriere in Paris. Oh, okay. The Saltpeter. Oh, and he, d- he described uh, neurotic plaque. Neuritic plaque, sorry. <laughs> neurotic, neurotic plaque. It's like, oh, God. Oh, I can't believe I got a cover these teeth again <laughs> i was thinking a plaque on the wall oh the font they used on me is just gross nobody likes me <laughs> the teeth don't even like me i hang out with them all day here they think the, i'm a pain here comes the toothbrush again oh god gumline maybe gumline will love me no he's receding from me the whole time <laughs> <laughs> we make holes in teeth but i'm just not up to it <laughs> 
Has anyone ever had mono? Yep. Did you stay in bed for all the entire time? I, uh, I, I, most of it, but, uh, I, uh, <laughs> this is me. What, now, what did it feel like? Honestly, like, uh, give me a, uh, I, I can sum it up in, with this. That sounds slothful to me. Yeah. yeah. You're just no energy. I didn't exactly feel like, you know, when you get a flu and you just have no energy, it's yeah. like that, but without the flu symptoms. Without of, the sweat and the cold. Without the sweat and the, and the cold and the upset stomach, you're just like, just no energy. And it lasts forever. How long did it but go But here's for? the thing. I can't remember, but I do know, because uh, I had it back in 1985, and I know this because I went to see Brian Adams in concert. Oh, cuts like the, a knife. Actually, it was the Reckless Tour. Oh, wow. It was right when he went huge, right? Yeah. And I was, a, I, I loved uh, the Cuts Like a Knife uh, album. You would. Who fan. didn't? I mean, it, we all did. I mean, you know, he's a local boy, made good. Yeah. His music didn't suck at the time. Torn didn't. He was. My brother he, did. You know why? Because Torn yeah. has no soul. I know. Torn doesn't like things that other people like. I only like sloths. Uh, and I remembered basically having to drape myself over my girlfriend to kind of stay up during the concert because I was just so. <laughs> How come it seems that 99% of the people who get mono seem to be teenagers? Why is it, why is that? Well, it is the kissing disease. What does that mean? How do other people contract it? It's uh, contracted through oral transmission and also feet. Feet? Yeah, so don't play footsies. I got it through oral. Let me just. It's known as mono in North America and as glandular fever in all other English speaking countries. Well, why teenagers? Like, how come, you know, as an adult, it doesn't seem that any adults seem to get it? Well, once you get it, you can't get it again. It's it's actually a form but of herpes. I've, I've never had it. How well, come? you still got time then. Yeah, but I guess I got to start making out with teenagers. Yep. Was, all right, cool. Please I'm do. Down. Take, Take some, some time out. Yeah. No, you guys. Have you guys heard of hypersomnia? Hypersomnia. That, I'm guessing hypersomnia would be sleeping all the time. Uh, a disorder characterized by excessive amounts of sleepiness. Hey. Now, is that the sleeping disease, like uh, in that uh, Awakenings movie? I don't know. You also have. Um, Narcolepsy, where you just fall asleep instantly for yep. no reason. I was in a production of The Taming of the Shrew with an older gentleman from the community playing a minor part who had uh, uh, narcolepsy. And we set the play uh, in Barkerville, in kind of a Barkerville-type uh, oh, like gold rush gold town. mining town, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fun. And you know there's a play within a play. They show up to the place, and then they put on the production of Taming of the Shrew. So yep. they put on a true Shakespearean play, but for the people... Of Barkerville. Uh, of Barkerville. So we, yeah. it was it set in a saloon. It was kind of cool. Um, it was one of my first plays, so I was just playing the bartender, and I didn't have a part in the actual play proper. But we had the, an older guy who played one of the actors, and we had to have one of the saloon girls follow him around the whole time and nudge him awake if he fell asleep on stage. Mm. Uh, really super nice guy, uh, probably 80 years old, and uh, apparently he chewed uh, nicotine gum to help him get over the... Uh, now, is that narcolepsy, or is that just him being old? It's maybe a little of both. You know? All right, okay. But he certainly would fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Yeah, just... Oh, my hat dropped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, he went down to get it, and people, he'd just stay on the ground. People should stop dropping hats around him. <laughs> I saw on A Thousand Ways to Die a guy who had narcolepsy and fell asleep in a, a kiln at the place where he worked and was cooked to death. Nice. Think about that. Ugh. And his coworker opened up the kiln. Smelled a bit. Then his coworker opens up the kiln and he starts to salivate. Mm. You never live that down. <laughs> it's like smelled tasty. Hypersomnia? What do we got? Uh, those who suffer from hypersomnia have recurring episodes of EDS or excessive daytime sleepiness, which is different from feeling tired due to lack of or interrupted sleep at night. They're compelled to nap repeatedly during the day, often at inappropriate times, such as uh, at work, during a meal, or in conversation. You ever fallen asleep into your uh, porridge? 
Has anyone ever fallen asleep into food? I almost have. I've I've probably like dipped my face into it a little and then <laughs> and then got up and I see that on TV all the time and I'm just oh my god yeah. that guy's gonna die no, he's gonna no. suffocate on his pea soup. It's because they're always like uh, you know drugged or something, right? Oh, I, I've, yeah. I've never been drugged. No one's or ever have you? No one's ever slipped me a Mickey, Mickey Finn. <laughs> no, oh, you... I thought he meant Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some new t- sexual technique. <laughs> They replaced the gerbil with a with a mouse. Uh, we haven't really talked about cause, the cause and effect here. Why? Uh, what causes them? Any idea? The mental ones? Any theories? Well, I mentioned about the uh, basically the post traumatic stress disorder causing apathy. Yeah, that's true. So that's a cause. Uh, there's a, quite a bit of uh, debate about abulia actually being a separate disease. Um, Whether it's a disease at all. Most experts mostly agree that abulia is the result of frontal lesions and not with cere- cerebellar or brainstem lesions. There you go, brain so, lesions. So actual brain damage. Yeah. All right, so that's, Whereas that's we know the cause of infectious well. mononucleosis. Yeah. That's right. Smooching. Right. Is the Epstein Barr virus. Epstein Barr? Mm-hmm. Da 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 da. Here's my question. You think Epstein and Barr did a whole lot of kissing back when they were like. Might have been. Yeah. Nerds Let's back say in the yes. Day? Yes, go. I do. I can only imagine. Mm. I don't know. Like, there's no Casanova Epstein. I'm just. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> what else do we got? Well, uh, there are the dangers of being overly lazy. There's no danger. Oh, there is actually. Uh, statistically, every week spent inactive is roughly equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes. Well, you sp- we know that's bad. That's not actually, that's not too bad. Like spending a week not going to work, not going outside. Just, yeah, just like smoking one around. pack of cigarettes. Yep. Meh. <laughs> no, it's pretty bad. Yeah, but they're. <laughs> All right. And it, and it can build up. Uh, but conversely, becoming physically active at any age can reverse the health risks of sedentary livi- living, uh, where the least active stand to gain the most by moving more. So, What's the longest anybody's gone without basically moving? <laughs> probably their entire life. No, no. I'm talking at the table here. Oh, I see. <laughs> Between the three of us. Wow. Uh, other than being sick? Yeah. Just for no good reason. I, I maybe a day, like probably spent a day in bed, depressed or something. When I was going to school at UBC, I we had a uh, when I lived in residence, we had a lounge, right? And everybody'd come and go from the lounge, and <laughs> forget why I did this. There was a motive behind it, but I basically didn't leave the lounge for like two and a half days. <laughs> wow! And I would get people to go to the cafeteria and get me food, <laughs> and I like slept on the couch. Get me a hoagie. I don't know why. I cannot for the life of me remember why I did it. But for like 60 hours or something in that ballpark, I, I didn't leave. And the... did you not sleep or you just slept No, I there? slept on the couch. Wow. I don't know why I did it. There was a reason. That sounds like depression to me. Like, we should have started a competition as research for this episode. <laughs> no, there was a reason for it. My personal motivation for curing sloth is to get a friend to clamp roller skates to your feet. <laughs> Has this Cause actually then, happened? Because then you could actually just get No, it's just pushed. a theory. You could just oh. be pushed, and then you'd have the appearance yeah. of activity. Or you can rig up your couch to, after like 20 minutes, Give spring you out. Just spring you out. <laughs> well, there's that like Homer Simpson moment where he finds out, gets in a wheelchair, and he's like, what am I doing using my legs like a sucker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> so then technically you're like, okay, he's moving, but is he really being any less slothful? Hmm... I found uh, – It's a gray area. Let's just agree it's a gray area. I found a ranking by businessweek.com based on data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics about the number one laziest state <laughs> is Louisiana. Oh, I thought you were going to make us guess. 
American Arkansas. By lazy, we do not mean lacking work ethic or engagement. Rather, it is a measure of leisure time spent doing sedentary activities compared with activities that require more physical effort, such as exercising and even working. Mississippi and Arkansas came in second and third. Oh, I was close. Yep. Has anybody here been to Louisiana? Anybody else besides I have. me? I remember being in Louisiana. Every, I walked around all over New Orleans and all over Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in the middle of summer, and it was freaking hot yeah. and humid. Oh, yeah. And every there's nobody walking around. Everybody was sitting on their porches, yep. either in front of an AC unit or, <laughs> on the porch. Wow. or, or fanning themselves. Nobody, and everybody was 300 pounds, and nobody moved. And so now I, I understand why it's they have true. a sedentary they, lifestyle. They do have a number of reasons as to why this might be. And yeah, the heat is definitely yeah. a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, but just to uh, put it on a, a daily basis, the time sleeping, eight hours, 44 minutes. Time watching TV, three hours, five minutes. Time relaxing and thinking, 29 minutes. Time socializing, 54 minutes. Time working, averaged over total population ages 15 and older, two hours, 41 minutes. <laughs> Median age, 35.1. Obesity ranking, number five in the country, 31.2%. Wow. The reason I chose Arkansas is I think Arkansas is the poorest state. So I, I kind of thought that poverty mm. and the sedentary lifestyle would go Yeah, Louisiana is the third poorest. Third poorest, first most sedentary. And they watch more television per day than any other Americans except South Carolinians. I think South Carolinians? So, yes, sorry. Carolinians, yeah. Yeah. Pardon me. You know what I like the, about the, ter- the, the, the name South Carolinian? It sounds like they all should be singing. I don't know why. It just sounds like they should all. Southern style. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, uh, it, it sounds to me like they should all be in one giant chorus. You, you, you cross the border into South Carolina and just like a chorus of. What about North Carolinians? They sing too. Yeah, North Carolinians doesn't sound nearly so lyrical. Up a lazy river where the old mill run. It's a lazy river in the noonday sun Lingering shade of a kind old tree And you throw away your troubles, dream of dreaming Up a lazy river where the robin song Wakes a bright new morning, we can loaf along Blue skies above And everyone's in love Up a lazy river How happy we can be, What do you think came first? Do you think they named the animal the sloth and then it became a word synonymous with laziness in people? No. Or do you think they had the word for laziness yes. and then they found the sloth and went, that thing is slothful. Let's yes. call it a yeah. sloth. Yeah. yeah. B. Why are you so sure? Because sloth is an old English word and there are no sloths in old England. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome Sherlockian instincts right there. Okay. In Brazil, <laughs> sloths are commonly called bico preguicia. Wait, did you just call them a sloth? Yeah. Both words, both pronunciations are accurate. Sloth or sloth. 
Really? Yep. I'm looking at you skeptically. Bico preguicia, which means lazy animal. I'm just going to point out that these energy drinks are really kicking in. I'm, I seriously am getting a major head rush right it's now. Too bad we're half done. In the news. South Korean dies after game session. Oh, yeah. South, South Korean dies after game session. South Korean man has died after reportedly playing an online computer game for 50 hours with few breaks. The 28-year-old man collapsed after playing the game StarCraft at an internet cafe in the city of Taegu, or possibly Taegu, according to South Korean authorities. The man had not slept properly, had, had eaten very little during his marathon session. Koreans love StarCraft. Oh, yeah? Like, it's basically the national sport over there. You know, I heard something about, like, that they actually have professional gamers in South Korea. Like, people watch yep. people play video games. Games are it's televised. Like an it's an entertainment sport. It's, and they get paid to play. They get paid yeah. Professional play. gamers uh, attract sums in sponsorship and can make more than $100,000 a year. And I bet you $100,000 goes a long way in Korea. So this guy, Lee, started playing StarCraft on the 3rd wait, of wait, August. Wait, wait, There was a Korean guy named Lee? He only paused playing to go to the toilet and for short periods of sleep. I mean, did they do an autopsy? Did this guy actually die of sedentariness or was there something else going on? Like, did he have an aneurysm or pre-existing condition they weren't aware of? Or uh, The police say that they presumed the cause of death was heart failure stemming from exhaustion. I mean, it's funny because I personally have stayed up 65 hours straight. And even though I was starting to hallucinate, I, I never feared for my life. Yeah, I didn't say that anything about it, pre-existing conditions or anything like that. But, but uh, uh, reports of gamers I guess maybe the difference was when I stayed up 65 hours straight, I was in the military and I was like running around and doing all sorts of other things that You were playing Army StarCraft in the military? I was not sitting probably, at a computer playing StarCraft. And they were also probably feeding you? They were feeding us. It's true. They Box did lunches. feed us. Yeah, no, no. The um, the little packet, the little foil packets that you'd boil in water and then oh, eat yeah. out of. And the, uh, the, the coveted cherry pie, which was nicknamed abortion on the plate, <laughs> but was very tasty. He was taken to hospital following his collapse, but died shortly after. It is not known whether he suffered any previous health conditions. Uh, reports of gamers spending 10 to 15 hours a day in front of video games, such as the highly popular World of Warcraft and EverQuest, are becoming more frequent. Experts say gamers should take more regular screen breaks. I got pretty deep into World of Warcraft for a while. I probably had a couple of 10-hour days. 10 hours straight, just well, on WoW, peeing in a bottle. No, no, I get no, up and no, I did not. I did not poop sock, <laughs> which I believe we we talked about. Yes, yeah. No, I would. I did take breaks and I would go out for lunch or something like that, uh, and it wasn't obsessive. Yeah, I kind of had to take a look at myself and realize I needed to stop doing that. A shock to the system. You sort of did you ever uh, have just an epiphany? kind of a moment of self realization? Yeah, I I actually downloaded uh, a documentary called Second Skin, which is about uh, a bunch of people who are basically addicted to World of Warcraft. Uh, while I was not as bad as them, their self-delusion about how bad it was for them made me question whether I was doing the same. Right. right. That's what made me go, well, I'm not them, but I could be. It, there was so, just enough truth in it. So I'm just really going to take a step back. I, I just, right. I can't, uh, I can't allow myself to get that bad. But uh, I mean, I never neglected. If I was asked to, to go out somewhere and spend time with friends, I would never say, oh, I got to play World of Warcraft. Because the one that I saw, they... That had a camera in this house and this woman had like three kids and you know you would interpose her on the computer yeah. and the kids just running amok right. yeah. in the household they cover that on on the guild uh, which is a, a web series uh, featuring nerds nerds <laughs> uh, massively multiplayer gamers featuring Felicia Day 
but one of one of the gamers in the guild is an overweight housewife who plays the game and ignores her kids. She basically has them penned up outside of her computer room and they're always leaning against the, this plastic wall and crying. And she's like, <laughs> like they're in jail. Mommy's got a raid, dear. There's a book called uh, they're like rattling their little like uh, sippy cups like on the rails or something. There's a book called Unplugged: My Journey into the Dark World of Video Game Addiction by a Clemson University professor, Ryan G. Van Cleve, Ph.D who spent over two decades uh, hooked on games like World of Warcraft and watched his real world fall apart around him. And he says, when asked the question, how can someone with a PhD, a wife and two children and a good career get lost in a video game world? I can give you some technical stuff about neurotransmitters and dopamine and the delayed gratification response that's so similar to gambling, but you simply lose perspective. Someone asks you how much you played that week. The real answer is 45 hours, but you genuinely think it's maybe 20 Mm-hmm. It absolutely enthralls you and keeps you from living a real life because even when you're not gaming, it's all about how quickly can I get back to the game? Do I really have to go to work today? Can I show up 50 minutes late for that meeting? Wow. Yeah, right. I never had it that bad. And whereas for regular gambling problems, there are support groups and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's almost nothing for – if you've got a video game addiction, you can get yourself to deal with that. I, I know a lot of people kind of shake their fingers at video gaming and things like that, and it certainly is something you can be addicted to, but – at the same time, millions and millions of people deal with it just fine and don't get addicted. So, video games is the uh, it, it's the big sort of demon in the childhood obesity debate, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's always the thing, the first thing that comes up when you start talking about how you know record levels of child obesity, child like early onset diabetes, and like all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And video games is always the very first thing that comes up as a result. Yeah, I mean. The fact that this generation has like such a pronounced obesity problem that has never existed before in human history. Is it about sort of the types of food that we eat and all the rest of this stuff? At the same time or, that Atari came up? Or does this, or does this actually contribute? Like, is it ma- the major factor? The fact that, you know, you've got these access to video game consoles in your home constantly and on your computer and all the rest of this stuff. I mean, they have to have something to do with one another, don't it they? It does. I've actually seen uh, several studies on this and it's actually both. The rise of obesity in the United States correlates almost directly with the uh, subsidy for corn farmers, which made high fructose corn syrup end up in everything, which increased the caloric intake of all the foods. And at the same time, kids became less active. um, And people just became less active. And the the, the proliferation of video games. So it is both. It really is just when it comes to losing weight, it's calories in versus calories out. So you can lead a sedentary lifestyle if you eat very little. No ketchup. (laughs) <laughs> Ketchup is packed with sugar. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, High fructose corn syrup and, or HFCS. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you can. <laughs> I can't believe you had to think that long to get that. <laughs> Do you, you spell syrup with a C or a Z? <laughs> you can eat a ton of terrible, fatty, carby food as long as you get a lot of exercise. Um, and really, the key it lies for everybody lies somewhere in between, usually. Yeah, it's like the perfect fatty storm. Yeah. To solve fat storms. <laughs> oh, it's time for the lesser of two evils. Two fists hitting each other <laughs> with sloth written on one knuckle and late, uh, gluttony. gluttony on the other. Total showdown. Sloth versus gluttony. What would you yeah. rather do? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Watch us turn BC place into a 50-foot sea of mud. So I guess the question is, what would you rather do? Eat yourself to death, gluttony Sleep style. Sleep yourself to death. Or video game yourself to death, South what, Korean what a, man style, <laughs> StarCraft style. 
Wow. <laughs> you having actually brushed up against one of these there, Joe, maybe you should start this time. Yeah, and it's hard because I also love food. You love yeah. the sloth and the gluttony. I do, which is... Too bad we haven't done lust yet. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm just I think saying I'm going to have to go with eat myself sin. to death. I'm going to have to go with eat myself to death because I could enjoy it pretty much the whole way through. Um, as, long as, stomach... as long as I'm not, as long as we're not going back to the eating a tub of mayonnaise. No, no. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, as long as I'm, you know, getting different types of food and I get some pizza and I get some pasta and I get some other stuff, I could do it. I could eat myself to death and I would enjoy it the whole way through. Um, I could get up and move around and be fine. But even I, I just can't sit in one spot and do nothing even or, or play a video game for like that long, my brain will just go haywire, I think, before my body would collapse. See, I, I agree with you from a gastronomic perspective. I mean, I, I could really, if you get to choose the food, you could really enjoy the experience all the way through. But then you die when your stomach explodes, right? Yeah. You know, and then and it goes all septic and leaks into your body cavity. And then that's, and you die agonizingly days later, right? Yeah. You know, when you video game yourself to death, I think it just, it, just collapsed. It's like going to sleep in the <laughs> snow and just never waking up again, right? Right, but all the stuff up then, to that, the the approaching it where, you know, your body starts breaking down and, and you, your brain goes haywire, that's the thing that would just ruin but, the, the enjoyment of whatever game I'm playing, even if I was playing different games. But again, the video game myself to death, I mean, again, assuming that you'd be choosing video games that you actually enjoy to play, mm -hmm. then... Uh, what if you have to play Farmville? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, then it's torture, right? It's just clicking. You'll get repetitive stress syndrome and die from that before I'll, you. Yeah. Torrent, I'll take yeah. the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I think just from the way it has to end, I would enjoy okay. the eating, the beginning of the eating one better. But the method of death is so horrifying that I'm going to, by default, I'm going to go with the video gaming to death. Okay. Because you just end up like, you know, having either a, a heart arrest or an aneurysm or however it is that you go would be so much less terrifying. Can I accept both and find out which one kills me first? <laughs> yeah, like, just, like sit there and eat, eat, eat and play constantly and play yeah. video games and just whichever one takes Someone's going to have to feed me though because I need both thumbs <laughs> for the buttons. Yeah. Oh, yes, you console true. player. Yeah. <laughs> Real men play PC games. <laughs> Segways. Segways. Who loves them? I think, they're uh, I think they're cool. They're kind of on my bucket list. What does that mean? Uh, your bucket list, list is a buckets? list of no, it's the list of things you want to do before you kick the bucket. And I would like to try a Segway. <laughs> they made a movie called The Bucket List. They made a movie called The Bucket Morgan List. Morgan Freeman and right. Jack Nicholson. Two old guys just decide we're going to die soon. Let's go do stuff we always wanted to do and uh, ride a Segway. Yeah. I would. I mean, I don't think it's awesome. I don't think it's as game changing as they pumped it up to be. I don't really want to well, own nobody one. Th nobody thinks that. No, not anymore. But I just want to try one. Didn't didn't the Segway company either go out of business or stop production on Segways just recently? One of the co-founders of the Segway company did just recently die oh, on an off-road special off-road Segway. <laughs> that's you know that's the worst marketing thing ever. They're sure they got front page news, but he died on a Segway. Believe me, it showed up in so many of my suggested links on Google Reader. Oh yeah, like it was like page after page of sites that it picked up. Ha ha the. One of the founders of Segway fell off his Segway and died. So how did this happen exactly? On 27th September 2010, Segway company owner James Heselden died after allegedly driving his two-wheeled vehicle over a cliff. 
above the river wharf near the town of Boston Spa in Yorkshire. Did he just lose control? Or are I we sure this is an just, accident? I mean, are we sure this Did he this just is like lose consciousness, lean forward, and Maybe. then it was constantly... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pure, he became nar- narcoleptic from Segway yeah. for the last 20 years. That's like falling asleep with your foot on the wheel. Yeah. Or, or with your foot <laughs> on the pedal, right? Absolutely. No, I, I'm not... A, this is kind of lemming-like. What is he doing segwaying around a cliff anyway? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I guess the reason we're talking about so a- segways is because they're for lazy people. Pop culture. Pop goes to the culture. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is certainly oh, yeah. the big lazy. Uh, what made him so lazy? Hey, man. Probably weed. I'm the dude, <laughs> man. He really pulled the room together, What are some man? examples of laziness from? He refuses to put on clothes other than, you know, his yeah. boxer shorts and, and his, true. his pajamas. His pajamas most and of the time in his pajamas. Bathroom, yeah. Yeah. His, his one choice of sport is bowling, <laughs> where you take, what, three steps forward and move your arm slightly with a heavy <laughs> object in it and then go sit down for a while. He, he's not proactive. Let's, go, let's put it that way. Kindly. The most kind thing we can say about it. He's not a particularly proactive dude as a general rule. And just even his, his conservation of motion. Like such a brilliant performance by Jeff Bridges where he doesn't do anything extra that he needs to do. He just kind of sits there, stands there. and oh, Yeah, and he had, to, he had to gain a lot of weight for the role. And from what I heard, he may have smoked some marijuana as well. I, yeah, I heard the rumor that he would ask the director before a scene, so would the dude be kind of blazed up at this point? And if the director said, yeah, he would disappear to his trailer for a while and then come back. It'd be interesting to know whether or not he was a pothead before he started shooting that movie. I think he was. <laughs> okay. There's, he might have been. The talk around is, Hollywood is that, well, he wore all his own clothes. After. The oh, really? dude's outfit were Jeff Bridges' clothes. <laughs> no yeah, way. He does that, that for a lot of his uh, movies. That is his actual wardrobe. That way he can write off all his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd do. Have you guys uh, ever seen that TV show Black's Books? The Black books, yeah, I love it. British show. No, yeah. I've never seen it. I've never even heard of it. It's about a guy who runs a bookshop, and he's uh, Irish, and he's very surly and, uh-huh. and lazy as well. Surly Irishman running a bookshop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, portrayed by the uh, annoying boyfriend from Shaun of the Dead with the glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Sean, annoying guy. Sean. And he's yeah. all, I can't yeah. remember his character's name, but yeah. Anyway, he's very lazy. Uh, so lazy, in fact, that there's a scene where uh, he's in a little uh, chair with wheels on it, and he, and he wheels it over to the toilet and unzips and pees into the <laughs> toilet, into the while, toilet while he's sitting in his chair having Nicely a conversation done. with someone. Nicely done. Any- <laughs> Does anybody remember Twitch City, the CBC series from the mid-90s starring Don McKellar? Negative. Where he plays uh, an agoraphobic. So he lives in this apartment. He's looking for a new roommate because his roommate gets arrested for murder. Why is it called Twitch City? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, he watches a lot of TV and uh, he never goes outside because he fears it. And uh, the entire series basically is him scamming other people into paying his rent for him. So he never has to go outside or get a job or do anything. Mm-hmm. Must be a pretty cheap uh, show with only one set. I would, well, it's a CBC show, so that goes without saying. <laughs> it was my favorite show of the year. The year it came out, it was fantastic. Like, utterly brilliant. Starring Don McKellar, the, his, his female love interest is Molly Parker. Oh, Molly Parker you're working with. Uh, who I just finished working with, correct. No, she's an absolutely brilliant actress, and this was one of her very first things, and uh, I found it incredibly entertaining. And Don McKellar is excellent as a person who never leaves the house. and right. absolutely never wants to get a job, and all he ever does is watch TV. So he's kind of the modern, <laughs> the modern man, right? The modern Prometheus, if you will. And we mentioned it briefly before, but Homer Simpson, one of the laziest long-running characters ever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, I'm thinking specifically of the episode where he gains weight in order to 
not have to go into work. Right. He ends so up wearing the moo home. Yeah, he has to wear moo He gets he a reaching broom. <laughs> yeah, that's the right. fingers you have dialed with are too fat. <laughs> and they won't let him in the theater because he's too fat. Hey, Fatty. I got a movie for you. A fridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the episode where he kind of has a lazy off with a bunch of Teamsters. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the Teamster turns into a piece of a bit of liquid and slithers <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, you know, actual Teamsters really didn't like that episode. No doubt. I was working on a show where they were Teamsters, and on Monday morning, they were all talking about it, and they were all talking about boycotting Fox. <laughs> I'm not even joking. They were being dead serious about it. I'm like, seriously? Just Can't you just take it as a joke? That sounds like the Canadians who got upset at the Blame Canada song in the South Park movie. Yeah, no Like, come on, we can take it. Yeah. And it's a joke. Yeah, I know. I know, but these guys were real. Like, the funny part was, is they were proving it to be true. Surly and lazy, right? <laughs> no, like, yeah. They were actually kind of making their point for them as a result. There's, there's a movie with a character named Sloth. Does anybody remember that movie? No. Goonies. Oh, okay. Isn't that the the big uh, mutant-looking guy was named Sloth, wasn't he? I've never seen Goonies. I think it's one of the most overrated movies of all time. I never saw it as a kid, Yeah. so I watched it as an adult. Yeah, they remember it fondly because they saw it when they were eight. Yeah. Even when I was eight, I thought it was overrated. I didn't really get the appeal. I don't know why everybody raved about it, but Mm -hmm. that main mutant character, I believe his name is Sloth. The deformed guy? Yeah. Isn't he named Sloth? We should have talked about him in our deformity episode. Chunk and Sloth. Yeah. Is he slothful? No, he's not at all. He's active. Oh, yeah. He gets in there. Saves the day. Well, that's counterintuitive then. <laughs> yeah. So named Sloth, but not being Slothful. I can't remember how the Sloth guy died in Seven. Oh, he's the guy it's who was strapped to the bed for a year. Oh, that's right. He kept them alive, and they walked in, and he's got, they've got all the uh, pine trees, pine tree, the air fresheners, the millions of air oh, fresheners yeah. that's from right. the ceiling. That's right. That would never work. Oh, well, it didn't work because they were all like retching and throwing up as soon as <laughs> yeah, they walked yeah, into the room. It was like, what the hell's going on here? That... Honestly, I think the sloth one was maybe the most horrifying one of all of them. Yeah. It's the one that I thought was the most disturbing because you got this guy and he looks like he's skeletal and his skin mm-hmm. is like, I don't know how they even did it. It was such an impressive feat. And then, of course, this, he leans right in millimeters away from his face and then he comes to life and he's thrashing and twitching yeah. and gagging and coughing. And it was horrifying, absolutely horrifying. My skin is starting to crawl just talking about it. I'm starting to get goosebumps right you now. You're crawling skin. You gotta uh, do something about that. Uh, that was the one that I found the most haunting. The most it's your personal nightmare. Yeah, I, I don't even understand how you could forget. Yeah, Joe. Scarred me. It's been a while. Scars. <laughs> Scars. I have a bad memory. So three toes or two? Uh, <laughs> Lesser of two feet. <laughs> sloth feet. Well, the three toed, we, as we know, the three toed sloth can move when threatened. 13 feet a minute. Yeah. So, you know, he's... That could uh, make all the difference in a race with a snail. Yeah, he's he's like Ben Johnson of the sloth world. Or <laughs> Carl Lewis, right? Did he test positive for drugs? Performance-enhancing drugs. That's, how he, that's how he did 15 feet. In yeah, exactly. You know what? We got lots more to talk about, but, but we're just too lazy. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of tired of this topic. Let's just go. Next time on Caustic Soda. It's like if you if you shoot them right in their little right in that little white spot on their chest, they just shatter into a bunch of gold coins. It takes a couple of hours to get up there, and they decide they want to pull over and do like a little picnic. Did they have a picnic basket? I guarantee we will not run into a bear. He actually threw out a guarantee. Please God help me. That's what I'd say. I thought you didn't believe in God. What have I got to lose at that point? <laughs> Please, Carl Sagan, help me.